Hello, everybody. Welcome to Azizi Podcast. This is Samir Azizi. Before we proceed, I'd like to ask you to please subscribe and give this podcast a five-star review or a thumbs up. This will help me tremendously to promote this podcast in the marketplace of ideas on different podcast platforms such as Shopify, Apple Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, um, even Audible. So I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. This episode is basically a beginning of a series of podcast episodes on the one idea called the network state, as outlined by the book uh, written by Balaji Srinivasan. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to do I'm going to invite different great, interesting, smart people to talk about this concept, and we'll try to dive dive in deeper in this idea and uh, see what we can learn from it. So my first guest is Severin Deutschmann. He's a founder and managing director of OpenTelus, a Web3 agency that focuses on UX, UI, and FE services. Don't forget to connect with him on Twitter, Leinster, and of course, join his Network State Mastermind group on Telegram. For all of that, I will provide links in the description for this podcast. Enjoy the episode, everybody. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Azizi Podcast. Uh, today is a special day. We're discussing one of the most interesting subjects that I find for myself right now. It's a network state. And I have a special guest today, Sarah Deutschmann, who I found on a network state uh, mastermind on uh, on uh, on the Telegram chat. Um, hi, Sarah. How is it going? Hey, doing fine. Doing fine. Thanks so much for joining me here. Um, Tell me a little bit about yourself, because I remember I dropped a message in the chat. I said, hey, guys, I want to talk about this thing on my podcast. If anyone's willing, please do. And, and, and you reached out and, um, and, and you gave me like a background about yourself. You're, you're so deep in the industry. T- tell me a little bit about your background. Yeah, definitely. So um, right now, I'm um, the founder of a company called OpenTelos. Our mission is to build better interfaces for a better internet. And that means that we're doing design and um, especially front-end development for Web3 projects in DeFi, NFTs, DAOs, and all of these fun and exciting things. And yeah, so my background, I kind of discovered Ethereum at the end of 2014, beginning 2015. And this was in a, yeah, yeah, it was like, I was super lucky. Um, and this was like in a period of my life where I was like trying to orient myself and, and find something to sink my teeth, uh, teeth in and that, uh, and then seeing something like Ethereum, which is just like an alien technology that just landed on, on earth that has like nothing is seemingly so different to everything else. Right. It's just like fascinating. And it was just a rabbit hole that didn't let me go. And I'm still fascinated, um, as like, it was like seven seven or eight years ago, yeah. And you've mentioned to me that, uh, so since then you were working on the blockchain uh, related projects and uh, you've relocated to uh, uh, to Portugal and you became a, a public speaker uh, on the subject matter. Talk to me a little bit about yourself. How did you become a, a public speaker like that? Yeah, that was actually funny. So um, back in 2016, I guess, um, I really wanted to meet other people that are also in the space, right? And so I'm from uh, the west side of Germany, so near Dusseldorf. And um, while there were a few groups of people that were talking about this, there was not really one with a flavor that that was really interesting. So I started hosting meetups. Um, And my intention was to attract people that that can come in and explain to me all of these complicated things and have people to exchange. And um, I quickly realized um, that 
it's hard to find people to speak on the topic. So I kind of did it myself, right? And so, um, and then it really quickly began like in 2017 early on that it just like the whole um, excitement uh, grew and oh, suddenly yeah. so many people, yeah, it was crazy just back then. And so, so I was like, um, lucky enough that um, I was positioned there with the meetup and so many people showed up and this kind of like this, um, yeah, like this, this social recognition and like this feeling of me actually being of service to people, right? By um, telling about blockchain and can explain this to them, right? This was just super exhilarating to me and just kept me motivating. And uh, I think people could also feel this. So, so I had fun, people had fun. And so basically I did a few presentations and then I just got invited to more and more um, places, especially in German. And so it's kind of like starting in the West side and ended up in Berlin kind of was the uh -huh. path, um, wow. which was a, a fun time over like, I think two years um, was the, this activity. How crazy was that? Like you had like a, a meetup and all of a sudden gained so much popularity with all this hype around it. And then now you had to speak publicly. Was Are you like a good public, were you always a good public speaker or was it something that you had to acquire like this skill later on? Yeah, I mean, so I, I actually kind of discovered, I think through these things that I actually like it a lot. Um, I, I don't know why, but so, so yeah, it, it wasn't super hard and um, it's enjoyable, like connecting with people um, on this level where you can just like tell a story and transport knowledge um, and then afterwards talk with people. So yeah, it's super rewarding. That's so interesting, man. It's always the subject fascinates me and uh, the way it happened to you and like a lot of other people like that. It's always like such a such a great thing. So I'm going to talk about network state and I'm going to jump into Balaji's new definition of network state. I'm going to read out to you like his one sentence definition and then I would like to talk to you a little bit about what do you think about it and uh, what can we do about it? All right, so here we go. Here's how he defines it in one sentence. A network state is a social network with a moral uh, innovation, a sense of national consciousness, a recognized founder, a capacity for collective action, an in-person level of civility, an integrated cryptocurrency, a consensual government limited by a social smart contract, an archipelago of crowdfunded physical territories, a virtual capital, and an on-chain uh, census that proves a large enough population uh, income and real estate footprint to attain a measure of diplomatic recognition. So quite a quite a wordy uh, definition, but uh, but it's pretty much like he has like in his book he has like a one sentence like a one thousand word essay and the whole book about it. So yep, uh, Severin, what do you think about this? Question to you, uh, is a network state like that attainable in the current uh, in the current environment? And what is network state according to your own thinking? Because I know that you were thinking about that before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I mean, so to the first question, the short answer is yes, <laughs> I think it's possible. Um, the why it's possible, I think we'll go a little bit more deeper. Um, so to the second question, I think Balaji's definition is is pretty good, though I don't think it's a pure definition. It's more like an like him encoding his approach and kind of tactics or strategy about how to do these things, right? I think some of these things could be considered core, and some of these these things could be arguably just design choices of his, right? Mm -hmm. um, and 
Yeah, but I think in general, like here's a very good um, framework to establish the concept mm -hmm. and think about this. Um, the mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say, like in his book, where he, he kind of like he dedicates eighty percent of the book uh, to basically giving a background on what is a nation state, how what was the history of nation states, how they formed, and a couple examples of like the current states and uh, recognized states and not recognized states. And then towards the end of the book, he started talking about network state. And I feel like in his book, he's sort of he's sort of he he doesn't even kind of one hundred percent sure himself, which he's also kind of admitted uh that he knows exactly what's gonna happen and what exactly like network state would look like, but I feel like he just wanted to jump in on the subject and just gave his thoughts because he 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 understands where things are going i think yeah i i think that's that that makes a lot of sense right like i mean there's deep thought in in this, but i mean he i think he's the first person who established a um, like a shelling point in terms of a term. I think that is the biggest achievement of Balaji's, right? Mm -hmm. He is like well recognized in the space. He's like like a deep note in the network. Many people listen to him, right? And he's now able to create a meme, like the network state, right? Before he established this, right? There weren't, dif there were different kind of definitions and names, right? But this kind of makes it difficult for these conversations that we are actually now having, right? to actually arise right so and then i think it's like he gives a definition he gives the starting point and then from there on out it's like up to like a people can build on top of this basically and i agree with you and, and i also kind of want to one once again like repeat it like how i see it in in my world and maybe for for the for the uninitiated uh over like what is a network state and i really feel like what he is trying to say here uh, in the human language, is that with the uh, with this high band, high speed internet, the world is no longer needs geographical boundaries to co cooperate with each other. We don't have to have physical land deviations and borders uh, outlined on the map. We can actually um, kind of communicate in the cloud and create societies in the cloud, and then um, you know, create rules, create some sort of visions and uh, philosophies of that, if those kind of entities that could, can be created in the cloud. And then everything that is in the physical world is comes secondary. And so you don't have to fight for this physical land. You can just uh, join, opt in and opt out from the communities in the cloud uh, based on sort of like a subscription model. So in in my like understanding at the beginning, it was kind of like in my thought, it was like, okay, so it's like a Facebook group with like some membership that you get like, uh, you know, once you pay for something, you can, uh, you can have some rights, but he does lay down this kind of cryptocurrency on it on chain events and, and all of that that kind of makes everything unique and not really replicable and your membership becomes more valuable in it. So I just wanted to say that how I see that and uh, so that the people can also kind of get a little bit more of like a, a simple a simple definition in my words. Question to you, sir. How do people, like with this network states, how do people attract other people to become a member of a network state? Yeah, I mean, so so this like, um, I, I, I think this question is um, also a question about like, what is the current kind of alternative on the market, quote unquote, right? And what is the network state trying to fill, right? So you have to understand a, nation state right and then when you understand a nation state then understanding like what a network state is in comparison to this right and then how it stands there um so i mean so so i would i would like to maybe have a look at build on something that you said there right like having the internet where mm -hmm. um suddenly like um 
borders are physical borders are becoming something else it's more about like digital connections and and closeness in a virtual network right and mm -hmm. that kind of like creates your community and so I, I think like there's like two things right nation state right nation right is the culture is the group of people that have been living on a land together forming like same language same religion all of these kind of things right and you can see this for example with with um, with ships and and these kind of things that suddenly like the the ocean cities they they actually connected closer and you see like the exchange of cultures and languages how they actually become closer right. already right so so ships are kind of um like the same effect that the internet has just that the internet is right like kind of on steroids so like the <laughs> um the distance between people changes right and therefore the network topology changes and if the network topology changes culture changes nation changes communities change right so that's kind of like the nation part of thing and that is like the internet but then there's also the state part of um the nation state right and like the way i think about the state is well it's inherently geographic in how we understand it today right a state is the kind of um governing body um over a certain part of land right it's it's a ge geographical thing and it's there to govern and make like all of these people kind of live together and give them certain things like security ownership rights which is really important right and the state has like the and a great state gives you security on your property rights for example right and the way that this functions has to do with them um, they have like a military and they have like a they have like police force and they have like a legal system a lot of these kind of everything's things backed are, by violence in a sense exactly yeah yeah right and so we have like the social contract that binds this in a functioning version right and there wasn't really an alternative to this right and this is the crazy thing right like this is the kind of like the why now moment right like there wasn't an alternative to violence backed ownership rights that's the only way to get them but now we have something like blockchain which is that is that is why it's so interesting that's why it's so fascinating why it's still so early because it is a fundamental paradigm shift on something that is like very close to what made us humans so successful it's the ability to have ownership rights trade with each other and encode trust in a way that is formalized and, and interoperable right so, so it's like kind of what civilization is built on and if you come from it from from this kind of abstract um first principles kind of perspective right i think you you might not be able to completely envision how it in practice in all practicality looks like but you start to kind of feel mm -hmm. that there are some thing brewing on the horizon some 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 change is coming right and i think like the network state is a very very good description of how this change might look like that that's a fantastic explanation and uh you know while you were speaking i was thinking of um this phenomenon as a startup society and uh which a lot of people including balajas says can be also sort of a fun fun like a fundament, a fundamental thing for a network state, whereas people come together uh, on the internet to create some sort of a like an, on, an online network, not necessarily with any sort of Web three uh, technology, but just like, like a networking, you know, like a group of people uh, with the common interest. Do you think um, 
what do you think about startup societies and do you think it's uh it's a easy switch from a startup society to a network state or you know what should be involved in that yeah um so so by balaji's um terminology of things right like the network state is the moment you get diplomatic recognition right um that's mm -hmm. that's for him this moment um You can argue with this, but but I think um, I mean these are just words, and we're giving the meaning, right? So let's run with them, right? Mm -hmm. um, startup society being more, from what I understand, is probably more like the community and cultural side of things, right? Which is I think easier, right? Like like it's obviously easier to do, and then like I don't think it's only about the diplomatic recognition. I I don't even think it's necessarily diplomatic recognition. What is the qualifying criterion for becoming an actual network state, right? And my, like the way I think about it is I think, well, what is the state kind of providing to its citizens, right? And to me, it seems like the state is um, and provides a framework or a platform for economic activity or for, it, it, it's not only economic activity, right? It's like a It is like a central node, it's like a governing body of a socioeconomic system, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think the question is, um, for, for something to become a network state, is when can a network state provide you with these, when, when can a network state become a platform for economic, for socioeconomic activity, right? Um, and I think then there's like things like, um, like, like um, contract security, a legal system, um, also something like a company registry, I think is a very interesting mechanism of providing services to both citizens and, um, and or like, like, like consumers and, and entrepreneurs, if you want to kind of like make, make this distinction. Um, and so maybe to, 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 to look at this, for example, a, right, a corporation, right? If, if I'm in Germany and I set up a corporation, right, it's, it creates trust for people to interact with this corporation because mm -hmm. like on one side, the corporation is giving me benefits certain, right? Like it's like limited liability, which is a huge innovation to have these kind of things, right? So it makes it easier for me to operate, right? Um, there are some rules and regulations around taxation, all of these things, but it's also for the consumer side and other businesses that interact with me, there are certain securities they can, um, they, they can be assured of, right? For example, if I work for you and you don't pay the bill, I can go to a court and the court is going to enforce this bill. And if you're not able to, to pay up, um, where well, you, you're going to go, uh, like, like there's ways to, to, to seize your assets. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and I think this is something you can actually build something like this, um, on a network state version, right. Where you can imagine you have certain, um, network a network state jurisdiction and then you have um, organizations in there and these organizations while being sovereign to a certain extent are not actually fully sovereign but there are some way for example for an external governing body to regulate them for example to make sure they are like i don't know adhering to whatever the ethical or moral standards of this given society is and then you as a consumer might be more inclined to work with this kind of um, organization compared to a fully sovereign organization because um, because you you know that it kind of contributes to this shared vision mm -hmm. of this um, 
state, right? And I, to me, this feels even without diplomatic recognition, like a state, right? It, it smells right. like it. But it kind of feels to me like that's what he meant, like Balaji meant that by diplomatic recognition is not just kind of like giving you like this golden star saying like, all right, we, we, we dig you guys. But it's also kind of, it's it's a practical uh, meaning. So for example, if, if a network state has been recognized diplomatically, that means that the entity, this entity has been agreed upon by consensus of other, of other nations to have certain rights and certain privileges of any other state. For example, um, like the ENS, for example, um, I would say cryptographic identity linked to your ENS uh, name, or you know the same with liability company, limited liability companies would can be cryptographically created uh, and also linked to you by ENS names. But at the same time, if you would like to travel, your passport can be also digitized by um, by that and uh, by that technology and be considered an equal passport to let's say a passport of Canada, uh, where I'm from. It's uh, I feel like that's that's kind of like what he tries to attain and, and like it gives you it gives you just the, this uh, convenience and I'm not even starting like this conversation about um, with a, you can trade with the diplomatically recognized state on the international, um, you know, trade basis, let's say some sort of a skill or even like if, if let's say the network state does have an archipelago of several different islands around the world you know how do you trade with those islands how do you recognize them as a state and who who do they belong to i feel like by by uh by diplomatic recognition it simply says like we just want the convenience of having the liberty of um liberty of moving from one point to another and trade with whom do we want to trade um but yeah, but but again, like you, the, your your points are are, are valid, and I, I agree with them as well. But it's just like I'm thinking whether diplomatic recognition may be just too much of a buzzword. But in reality, it's simply saying like, hey, we just want to be uh, considered equal just for pragmatic purposes, and not just for some sort of a PR thing where we want to have like a seat in the United Nations and stuff like that. Uh, which of course may be as well uh, true. Um, it's probably like the like the end game of these things, I guess. Like this is like the once you reach this, then it's yeah. like that's the that's that's like the winning condition for network states, I guess. And he did mention um, uh, in the book that it's not it's not a new concept, you know. He he uh, he gave an example of communists and in uh, in Soviet Russia how they attained uh, uh, diplomatic recognition. Uh, by FDR, I think, science, something like that. He just uh, wrote something about that. I'm not a historian, so, but basically they had to hold on for that uh, philosophy of like 16 years until like the world recognized them as a as someone. And uh, same with uh, with Israel, for example, they, they created their state that became internationally recognized. Like, like becoming a recognized by the United Nations within a span of our lifetime, is not, it's not like a new concept. It's been done before. The only difference though, it's that uh, it's not starting with a land grab. It's starting with the cloud community, and that's the difference. So, so for the network state, I wanted to ask you something: is that a network state, based on Balaji's um, definition, has to have a leader, a one leader, and uh, that's kind of like an interesting thing because I don't know. Like, what do you think qualifies? Um, what what people should be qualified to become a, a network state leaders like it's just like so weird and so so much responsibility like how do we choose a leader for a network state <laughs> yeah i mean like um I, I i mean like this this is the beauty of it right um the way he envisions this it's like um it's a bottom-up approach right so the answer is basically everybody can be a network state leader the question is just uh 
or like a I'll rephrase um, it. I'll rephrase it. What what are the good qualities for a leader of a network state in your opinion? Yeah, yeah. Um I mean that's a good question, right? Like it's a very good question. Um I mean like, you have to have a vision of things, right? You need to be able to envision a better state, right? And then you also need to be able to communicate this state to the people you're working with, right? And obviously, um, you also need to be um, able to work with people on a very pragmatic level, right? If um, uh, and and I think also pro probably like going into like the envisioning part, like being good at sense making is something that I would prefer in my network state leader, right? Like I want them to be able to reason well, um, but uh, do this like in a holistic manner and all of these kind of um, things, right? So, so, so you act on, on what is true, like there's what was the saying, like what is true and what is beautiful, right? Like being able to recognize these things and enforce them. And then, um, yeah, and then I think it's just like, like if you're coming from a good place, if you're coming from an honest and authentic place, you are transparent and you're acting in goodwill, um, I think that's then, a, I think that's a good package. Yeah, uh, definitely. Like in the perfect world, it is. But I'm thinking like, because I was thinking like, well, it's a bottom down approach or bottom up approach. So that means if, if I don't like your network state, I can like exit anytime I want. But then it kind of stands true. Like, let's say like, I don't like um leadership in canada or i don't like leadership in the united states or i don't like leadership in mexico and uh, nothing stops me to like exiting yeah it's going to be a lot of bureaucracy to exit those, those states but i can technically but at the same time like yeah i don't like the leaders but like i like the state that i'm living in you know like i like the the benefits i like you know the safety of it i like everything that it offers it's just like i don't like the current leader and and so at the beginning I was thinking like well the, the the incentives for the leader should be so that people don't quit you know the the network state but then again you can create a good enough network state where people signed up for it and they get their benefits but then you make bullshit decisions as a leader and people don't like you but they still stay just because it's it's good enough it's the network state became so big like yeah it's not worth like stirring the pot i'll just stay in this network state because no one has anything better to offer until someone has anything better to offer but that's my dilemma it's just like i think we're we can just get to the same exact problem that we're having in the real states and the nation states what do you think yeah i think it's a there's an absolute valid point um it's it's probably not as easy as oh, I'm just going to exit and therefore everything is going to be fine, right? Like, and and what you're saying, right? There's like things you become attached to, right? Your community, your maybe even your business is built on top of network state, whatever, right? And yeah. there might not even be better alternatives, right? So it's like I think this is like an age-old. It, it's a problem as old as humanity, right? I think, and so yeah like like the, i mean there's like one body of work for corporate governance that i think is very interesting it comes from peter koenig it's called working with with source where he um argues and explains like why it's important to have like just one clear source a leader of a, a system but then how this still can be um, great and empowering and he actually makes the same opt-in argument right and i think this mm -hmm. works and 
should in general be respected. But then once you have something that is big, where more and more people have a legitimate co-ownership in, right, and have a stake in, you have to you have to think about um, yeah, like 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 what is the like like either you have to think about ways that you can kind of like remove the leadership, right, and and have like these fail safe buttons. Or you have from the beginning to design for making exit as easy as possible, right? So, for example, taking the company example, maybe if I'm not, um, if there's no active lawsuits within the network state that I'm in, right, and there's nothing they where they should have claim on me, right? Maybe it's actually easy for me to exit with the whole organization and attach to a new network state, or just be completely sovereign by myself, right? Maybe I think so. Designing for exit might yeah. be a good, um, it's good help here. Yeah, because in uh, the end, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. And I just want to say, like in the end, I think it's an engineering problem. I don't think there's like a perfect answer. It's about constraints and making trade-offs, and to make those, you have to think what you want to achieve, what you want to do, what you want to build uh, yeah, from the beginning. And- yeah. And you brought up an interesting point because I haven't thought about it like that. Like, because in, in my opinion, exiting was always easy because that was by design. But at the same time, if you're already attached to your community and let's say you have an ENS domain for for your LLC or something like that, that you have to use on this network state because you already built your reputation on it, you cannot take it with you, supposedly. Or maybe you can. Who knows? That's, again, an engineering problem. But at the same time, it's, it's funny that you brought up this corporate um, corporate example, co- corporate structure. I was wondering if, uh, and, and no wonder Balaji uh, also mentioned that the consensus in such network states should be 100% rather than 51-49. And so let's say a network state is built like that, that any sort of significant changes should be achieved through a voting uh, measure by voting members maybe all members, maybe the members that have some sort of a status or something like that, but it should be not, um, it should not be a, a like 51% majority to achieve that kind of a change, but instead, let's say 99% majority. Uh, and that way, any sort of drastic changes that turned around from like original one commandment uh, can be uh, very hard to achieve and they should be really, really making sense for everyone to achieve them. So maybe something like that as well. And then the, the leader and the founder of the network state, his pure operation is to become, to be a spokesperson for the network, to become the main broker between other network states or other communities, and then just like a chief operator basically, but nothing like strategic, everything strategically is being solved by a community via 99% consensus. Something like that, I would sign up for. <laughs> um, what do you think about one commandant? I know we only have seven minutes left, and I and mm-hmm. I really hope this is just gonna be like a number, like first episodes of a series of network state discussions. But I do want to ask you about the one commandment thing. We had that conversation before, and you brought up some interesting points. Balaji, in his book, says that a network state should be should have a one simple commandment by which everyone should abide. And everyone, everyone could follow. For example, like low carb diet, everyone should like eat low carbs. Like that's like a kind of like a caricature of a commandment, but it is, it does, it is valid for a lot of points. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I understand where he's coming from, right? Like he is this Silicon Valley um, uh, kind of tech guy, right? And so there's like this. He's basically taking though, and he's like a VC and all of this, right? So he's taking what is working there and just like adapting it to, to this space. And 
he's obviously fully con uh, uh, convinced that this kind of way is, is the way to, to do things. Um, I personally, I understand on a pragmatic level why you as a company to focus on one thing and do it good, right? And do it well and why this might make sense in this, right? And I, but, but I think there's also like a valid criticism or at least skept, there's amount of skepticism you can bring towards this in a sense that, well, if we only do focus on one problem and we just solve this one problem, it might be a kind of like, I call this like a narrow solve, right? Like it's like a, oh, there's one problem now I'm solving this problem. And after this, this problem is gone from the world, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's how the world works, right? Um, oftentimes by solving one problem, you create another problem, like an externality that you haven't seen before, right? And so what I'm really interested in, um, why not claiming that this is the superior way of doing things, right? But what I'm interested in is like the idea of a broad solve, right? Where you right? Maybe you have problems that are actually interlinked, right? There's maybe many problems, right? And just by doing one thing, it, it really doesn't solve it, but you have to kind of work on all of these problems at the same time, or maybe uh, you have to actually do a complete refactor of something, right? Because there's just like an, an, an inherent uh, problem with, with, with the structure and you will never get to a better state by incremental changes, right? Because like by incremental changes, you might end up in local optima and there are some optima that are unreachable for you by this method of um, searching the design space, right? So um, I think while it is good, pragmatic and probably successful, right? One should also consider, I think the more brave approach and of, of doing maybe a, a more complex um, solution and it's kind of a trade-off, right? Like I think your long-term potential becomes better, but it's, ev it's, it's even harder to get it started because it's hard to communicate what you're actually doing. It's hard to reason with your co-contributors um, about what you're doing, the more complex your solution becomes, right? So it's like, um, yeah, so, so, so it's like, it's, it's, it's an idea, it's a criticism, but I think it's just like, perspectives and tools in your toolbox of how to approach these things. Um, yeah. I, I agree with you. It, it cannot be as simple. You cannot um, switch like the, like a constitution of a country with like a one commandment, uh, just like that with a snap of the fingers. There's definitely some more complicated um, formula should be included. Perhaps it should be like a one commandment with like if then clause or something like that with like a structured formula, like how do we want to go about it. Uh, but Severin, this was a great conversation and we're running out of time. And I just want to thank you very much for joining this network state uh, discussion. And I hope we will uh, do it again. I do definitely want to have more conversations like that. And uh, how can people uh, find you and uh, tell uh, us anything about your projects? And uh, if anyone wants to reach out to you, where can they find, find you? Yeah, so I think the easiest way to reach out is over Twitter. So you find me on Seth Deutsch, which is S-E-V-D-E-U-T-S-C. <laughs> and um, then opentelos.com is the company. Um, uh, so there you can also inquire about things. Um, and just send me a message. We also have the Network State Mastermind. I don't know if we have links, maybe we can. I'll provide, I'll provide the, the links. Awesome, yeah. So everybody who is interested in Network States and uh, wants to talk about this and wants to discuss with this with like-minded people, 
we have a small but um, awesome group and I invite everybody to join and yeah uh, let's let's talk and see where this goes yeah that 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 group is uh, growing rapidly and I see the discussions there are starting they're they're very interesting Severin I really appreciate your time thank you very much sir and I hope you'll come to my podcast again we do so thank you very much 